You are now listening to the Two Dads Run podcast. Just two dads who run, talking about running and being dads and some other stuff. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. My name is Gray. This is Kevin. And we are the Two Dads Run with the (laughs) Two Dads Run podcast. So we have a little bit of a different show for you today uh, than the last few that we have done. No guests today, just me and Kevin. Uh, we actually haven't seen each other in a couple of weeks, so how's how's everything been going, man? Things are going well. Yeah. Things are going very well now. Well, I, I say well. Um, I'm actually now able to to walk without. And we're gonna get to all of that, so let's not jump well. too far ahead. But we do have a couple of new things, so we are uh, we are kicking it in some new digs here. We're in a new quote unquote studio with the air quotes. We're in a we have. Uh, kind of co-opted Kevin's home office. So we, uh, we got, we got our own equipment. So now we're kind of on our own terms. It was, it was awesome of, uh, of Dr. Brian Parker like, to, uh, let us use his, uh, his equipment for a while, but you know, they are running a business out of there. So, you know, it's, it's cool to kind of be on our own terms. No, very appreciative of us 2 G allowing us to use their podcast booth and, with everything that we've been doing, been able to, to get our own equipment. And now we're in a little bit more of an intimate environment yeah. in my office and looking forward to uh, some great, great shows coming from this place. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got that going on. And uh, so the, I guess the real reason for the episode today of just the two of us is that we both, we both ran some races recently. And obviously you've heard us talk about it ad nauseum over the previous um uh, what, five, five episodes? This is episode six. We have been talking about ourselves quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. So we've been talking about these races for a while now. So I guess now is the payoff. You'll get to hear a little bit about them. And uh, we'll actually start with Kevin's race. So in case you forgot, Kevin ran a 100-mile fundraising event to benefit Fuck Cancer. And so, uh, Kevin, how'd it go, man? Well, I'm alive. That was yeah. <laughs> That was the goal. That the really honestly, Kevin's death march didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I was definitely not trying to make that le- that race the last hoorah. But um, no, the goal into it was really just to survive the race and have fun. And it, it it turned out to be more than what I could have expected on so many levels. The physical piece, as I hinted towards, yeah, I just got out of the walking boot this week. Uh, I got to avoid the, the the big S word in this case, surgery. Um, but uh, and and then as you mentioned with the 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 fundraising piece, so with the Fuck Cancer Foundation, we did raise quite a bit of money, more than I anticipated. Nice. And cannot wait to get all that money over to that foundation. I mean, look over here. There, there's the checks right there. So we oh, got awesome. nice. got to put those in the mail yeah. and and send that to the guys over at the Fuck Cancer Foundation. But the race, the race itself was exactly what anybody would think uh, for 100 miles. It was fucking crazy. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was a challenge from the the moment that I started. I took off that morning 4:33. That morning significance of 4:33 is it's is you know that what the coaching that I do for endurance and triathlon is 4:33 endurance team and. That was one of the reasons why I got out that morning. But that morning was really kind of set up to be a great race morning. I mean, it, it was nice, cool weather. Uh, it was it was at four thirty three. It was still dark, so I didn't really yeah. know what to expect. But as light tried to break through, um, as I took off uh, within the first ten miles, 
it, it it was definitely one of those very foggy mornings, very super foggy mornings, a, a morning that I haven't seen in a while. Yeah, and that's pretty that's pretty abnormal for early spring in North Carolina. It's not usually and, that and crazy it, foggy. <laughs> so for people that don't know anything about North Carolina, yeah, it, it could be eighty degrees. Yeah, it's very bipolar here in the spring. Very very bipolar. Oh yeah, it, it can go from. I mean, we it'll be. 40 degrees in the morning and 80 in the afternoon. And it just goes from one day to the next. So. I mean, right now you're wearing shorts and a yeah. t-shirt because you've, you've been out all day, but I started yeah. my morning taking the girls to daycare and I'm wearing pants and a long sleeve and it had like, it's like it's winter. So I, I'm actually the morning and you're the afternoon of today, yep. but just exactly. Yeah. It's so it was a really cloudy morning, a very foggy morning. And for me, that was kind of scary because with the race itself, I think I'd mentioned it before. So I did map it out where I was doing five loops, 20 miles each loop. And the first probably eight miles, it's all on country roads. And there are no shoulders on the road. So you're literally walking on the actual highway. And, you know, when you're walking or running, you're actually going, you know, facing against traffic. And, and I actually had to put myself a little bit in the road, had, the brightest flashers on just in case somebody got close. And anytime somebody did get close, I jumped off the side of the road, but, uh, the, you know, it, it was a good morning. So the morning went well, mile 10 went well, nutrition, feeling good. Mile 15, you know, five miles away from, from the house. I know exactly where I'm at and, and location. Cause I drive that way home. Uh, anytime I'm dropping off there, anytime I'm coming home from the grocery store or bringing the girls home from school. So I knew exactly where I was. I'm like, all right, Almost there. Good body was feeling good. Come up to mile 17, four way intersection, lots of traffic that morning. And again, as I mentioned, it was pretty foggy still at this point by mile 17. So this is probably, I don't know, three hours. I mean, getting to maybe four hours close to, to me being out there. And I, to to avoid the oncoming traffic and all the traffic that was that was going on, I actually step awkwardly in a ditch to just trying to get out of the like if any crazy cars would just kind of go outside the road, I wouldn't get hit. And by by stepping over this ditch, I overextended my right leg. And at mile seventeen, the whole day changed for me, bud. I had uh, it was one of those that everybody you know when you kind of get up or you stretch too far, but in this case, I again I stepped and I felt that that nice soft tissue behind the right knee just kind of go pop. And it was one of those, uh -oh. like, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh Oh, especially, you know, it's, it's, uh Oh, if you are doing like just a regular marathon, it's a big, uh Oh, if you've got 83 miles left to go. So I didn't think of that. I, I was one of those where it's like, yeah, uh, I stubbed my toe type yeah. deal and let me moving. just rub it, you know, spray some Windex on it and keep moving. But, uh, rub some tussing on it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So I kept moving. It was only three miles away from the house. Got to the house. Pretty cool video. Adria recorded, which it was so foggy still by the time I got here that when I was coming, when I actually was on my street, I mean, I could only see maybe a house or two houses yeah. down. I mean, it was that foggy. But then I could see a silo uh, some silhouettes and it's actually Finley and Farah. So by the way, my two daughters, uh, my oldest seven, Finley, my youngest, Farah, five, were right there. So they're waiting for me after the lap one and they ran with me. Adrian recorded that on video. So I always nice. had that. So that was yeah. cool. 
and came back. And then also a, a nice surprise, which I had not anticipated. Uh, one of my good friends from work, Greg McLeod, his wife, super badass. I mean, she, she's half marathon, marathon runner. And I remember her from years ago. I mean, I, we, we've connected, but years ago, I remember being in her kitchen talking about running and she had never actually raced. And here she is supporting me. And she was like, you know, I'm gonna go run seven miles with you. I just run the first seven miles. Well, take off for the second one. And I'm feeling okay. You could definitely feel that tingling in the right leg still going. Yeah. And um, another buddy of mine in the neighborhood, Lee and he ran with me. I'm starting to feel kind of like the Forrest Gump movies going on as I'm running. Uh, I'm just attracting more people to run with me. <laughs> Everybody looks like fresh and clean. growing a beard like oh, halfway man. down your chest. <laughs> it was, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was definitely something, uh, a sight to see because, you know, I, I had my pack, I had my nutrition that time. Still, I, I had my, my headlamp. So I, I mean, I was all geared up and then the people running with me, it's like, they just woke up out of bed, yeah. brushed their teeth, showered up. Can't imagine what people passing you on the street were thinking. Uh, yeah. Well, probably around that time, I, I maybe looked like a normal person, but for anybody that passed me at 4.33 to... 5 30 or 6 or like who is this crazy ass with a headlamp on but for sure but uh so yeah continue on to the second lap so second lap is going you know obviously second lap would have finished through mile 40 and about mile 26 the wheels really started to kind of slip off a little bit and by that point uh, my my neighbor lee had dropped off and trudy she was running and she actually hit the seven mile and she wanted to keep going, so she hit 10 mile, and then she kept wanting to go. So I was like, okay, great. But I, I'm actually having, at this point, I'm coming to a very slow run, and I felt bad because she wanted to run. And then it got to mile 12, and by mile 12 for her, which was mile 33, for me, it was complete walk by then, bud. And and then mile 30, yeah, so then she finished her 13.1, her husband, Greg, met up with me. I was out of water by that time. And fortunately for him being there, he actually had refilled my my bag. And they kind of just gave me a high five. Like, hey, man, you got this. Keep going. And that by that point of the day, now the fog had completely gone, had actually left. And it's now probably 85, beaming, the first probably hottest day of the spring, yeah, no clouds. It, it absolutely was the hottest day we'd had so far. Yeah, I mean, I remember waking up and kind of checking the my weather app, knowing that you were already pretty deep into your race. Had to take Charlotte to swim lessons and all that stuff. So before I could get over here, but yeah, I remember looking and just, oh man, poor poor Cavi's out there. You know, he's out there probably dying because I mean, there's also that that acclimation point, right? So we come from winter. I saw something. I saw a tweet. At one point, it said, you know, 60 degrees in April and 60 degrees in, you know, in October are two very different temperatures, right? <laughs> so when you're coming off of winter, even though as mild as they are here, you know, that first 80 degree day, man, that's hot as hell. Or at least it seems that way. Whereas in, you know, July, we're begging for only an 80 degree day here. Or like hell yeah, it's only eighty degrees outside. You know, it's it's a it's a beautiful spring day. It went my body. I mean, because when it's foggy, you still have that mist from the fog. You know, from the clouds, kind of just 
keeping your body temperature cool. But by that time, yeah, um, not only was my leg hurting, but then I hadn't trained too much because it wasn't, I hadn't trained too much in the heat because it wasn't hot throughout, obviously through the winter here. So that was something to, I was like, okay, I can be prepared for this. Yeah, I've got, now I've got water. I can be, I'll be okay. And let's see, this was now getting close to 30, probably about 30 mile 35. And then you're crazy ass. I hear honking over my right shoulder on the busy, also another busy road and and look over and it's you heading towards my house. And again, looking at you all freshly cleaned up, all dappered up and like, you got this Kevin. And in my eyes, my eyes are saying, go to hell, Greg. Oh yeah, man, I was ready to rock and roll. And I was feeling good because I had a race the next day. Exactly. So, but seeing you was 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 great because that actually did give me an extra incentive and motivation to get home quickly because I knew that's where you were going to be. I knew that stranger was going to be, and I knew that I could check up on my leg, change my socks, obviously replenish my nutrition, my nutrition. And so, came back mile forty. So mile forty, you were here. You got to see me in a little bit of pain. Um, you guys were great. You and Adria making sure that my, my leg was tended to got the Theragun out. Uh, we plenished my nutrition and did a little pep talk. We also did, uh, on a Facebook live me coming in yeah. <laughs> and I know I didn't look too hot in that one. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually intended, I had, uh, borrowed some podcasting equipment from my buddy, uh, Michael Turbot. And uh, we were going to do a live, quote unquote, live remote from Kevin's front yard while he was yeah, out here running this thing. But doing a nine, I think I went for nine minutes live on Facebook Live. And I was like, holy shit, like that's really hard to do by yourself. You know, no one to kind of play off of. We always have each other. Most of the time we have a guest as well. It's a whole different ball game, brother, when it's just you <laughs> and that microphone. So I was like, yeah, you know what? I, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm quite ready for a solo mission yet. So, you know, we'll, we'll do a little Facebook live action and we'll do a little recap episode. Cause yeah, man, that it's, it's, it's tough. Well, I'm glad not that as I tough was... as running a hundred miles though. <laughs> so I'm glad my pain and my, that interview, me and pain was, uh, was very helpful for you with those nine minutes. <laughs> But no, I mean, so we, we got here at 40, you helped me out again and got me back out. And I, I remember you and Adria just kind of really mentally pep talking me because it's mile 40. And if you read about, or if you talk to anybody that does ultras, the race begins at mile 60. So mile 60 is really when your race begins because that is, probably, I mean, and, and I'll go into that, what happens to your body at mile 60. But it was cool because you took out for the first three miles with me. And just like the the lap before, we were, we were walking, and then neighbors start, you know, coming out and and and, and talking. And I remember coming. I mean, and goodness, so not even a big hill. And I go running this. I've ran it maybe about a thousand times this hill, and it's not even a big hill. But just walking up that was, I mean, so at this point, I remember it's like more so my calf. But you think of maybe about like a 12-inch slim, very sharp dagger just going like straight in your cap, but going from the bottom up. Every step was just like, like somebody's just stabbing you from the bottom up in your calf. And, you know, so every foot or every uh, step that I took my right foot was just very light. And so my left hip, my left leg is bearing all the weight. And that's at, what, mile 43 in my neighborhood. and. We have, we're not even at the real race at mile 60. Yeah. 
but it was cool. You know, we bumped into, again, new neighbors we didn't know. They, they asked, hey, you know, what are you guys doing? And we got an opportunity to tell them what we were doing it for. You know, running a 100 mile ultra for uh, Cancer Foundation and just how they got really motivated. And like, you guys really need to put that on the on the neighborhood post. And, you know, you'll, you'll be amazed as far as how many people will be wanting to support you. And that's kind of been, the, you know, the, the neat thing that, you know, for, well, that was kind of the neat thing for me throughout the day is because just these little interactions throughout the day is what kept me going. And had none of those things happen, I might have even finished sooner. But anyway, so going out there, you left me at mile 44. And thank God Adrian <laughs> picked me up, dude. I was like, man, I've been walking a really long time. I'm going to have to walk all of this back. And then next thing I know, I look over and there's Adrian in the car. And I was uh, like, yes. Screw you guys. Yes. <laughs> Lord forbid I walk six miles and, you know. So, yeah, you left me at mile 44, and then it was just my mind and my aching body from mile 44 all the way to mile 51, 52. So, mile 51, 52, Adria then met me um, at, uh, at a parking lot to give me some additional nutrition. I Actually, at, this, at that checkpoint with you, I, I brought my poncho because the other part of the day was going to be experiencing the most craziest rainstorm year to date and maybe the last year so not only did i experience the foggiest weather that morning literally the foggiest where you couldn't even see maybe 10 feet in front of you then when that cleared up when i saw you around uh maybe around lunchtime beaming high i mean i'm i still have the burns on my body and it's actually pretty funny because of the athletic tape that i have left nice little suntan lines from the athletic tape. And that was super hot. I mean, it was very hot. And then it got to the point where, I mean, the clouds were black. And, you know, when the clouds move very fast, like, oh, this is going to be a pretty cool rainstorm. And they had met me at the parking lot, gave me some more nutrition. And by that point, and right as soon as I was done, it started to just huge, huge drops. And then, boom. Exactly. <laughs> so in this part, as I mentioned earlier, where it's like Forrest Gump, where you got people walking with you and running with you as you're going. So this part was maybe, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know why I keep referencing Forrest Gump. I haven't seen that movie in like 20 years, but when he's at then war. You don't watch TV ever. It's, <laughs> it's on literally every single day. <laughs> so when it's like, when he's at war and it's raining, where it's like the sideways rain. You've been coming from, from below. It's coming up. <laughs> and that's what it was like. And that's what it was like. But. You know, the cool and fortunate part about that, um, yeah, and I told you offline, but, you know, what people don't realize when you're doing a, a long endurance race like that, you still have to use the bathroom. And that's actually a sign for you to know that, okay, I'm staying hydrated. And, yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, by this time, I maybe, I wouldn't say maybe, yeah, I did piss myself maybe about 10 times because, you just got to go and note to self, if you're going to map out a virtual 100 miler, maybe do the most, <laughs> maybe have most of that course in like secluded area, like in the woods. Obviously you want to have yeah, somebody with I was just about you. to say, so actually I was checking out our analytics the other day and we do have a couple of international listeners. I think Australia, uh, the Brazil, UK, Brazil, so. like from all over. For those of you that are not familiar with Cary, North Cary Apex, North Carolina, this is the suburbiest of suburbs that you can possibly imagine. And here's Kevin running down the sidewalk, 
in like full tri gear, full like ultra gear, pissing himself because there's really nowhere else to go. Yeah, you definitely You're don't want to be pulled over for anything in Cary, North Carolina. <laughs> so, I mean, and you know, the, the police, uh, you know, I'll tell you, I, I saw them many times throughout the night as they drove by, checked up on me, kind of honked their horn. They'd roll down the window, say, you know, keep going, good job what you're doing. A couple of guys who had saw me multiple times asked me how I was doing. Yeah, but, they're awesome. We, I've, I've met a, a lot of them through, through work. They're customers, and they're just they're really cool people. Yeah. So, um, so, but I'll tell you, so, you know, I've I've been hurting all day by this point, but when that rain came down, it really just, it, it, it put me at peace because this, this race, like any other race that anybody does, if it's your first 5k, if it's your first 10k half, I mean, it's, it's a lot mental, you know, the, the, the preparation gets you there and then you can cross the finish line, but it becomes more mental because you got that tiny voice in your head saying, stop the stop you've done enough or stop you're not good enough and stop quit because the moment you stop and quit you can get back home and you can lay down you can have food you can be comfortable and that that was going through my head a million times throughout the day especially after I, I hurt my leg but when the rain was coming down and even when the lightning strikes so I'm in this neighborhood the Lockmere neighborhood and lightning probably maybe 200 yards over and it's not safe I would obviously Kids don't try this at home, but lightning striking in the middle of the lake, and that's not good. And chances are, yeah, I could get struck by not lightning. ideal. And no, uh, and it definitely don't want to die doing this. But it just had it was just me and my mind and and Mother Nature, and it was great. And from being hot all day and having this kind of cool down my my core temperature, and even just being able to 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 get hydrated from. The, the rain felt really good. So I was able to finish that third loop there from um, mile 40 to mile 60 in, in good spirits. And mile 60 to mile 80. So mile 60, I had changed my shoes. I changed my shoes into the endorphin shifts, the Saucony shifts, which I had not broken into as much as I wanted to. I also put on some new socks that um, these new compression socks that I was not a big fan of because they were just a little bit too tight. I mean, I just probably spent more. I mean, the last bit of energy I had just put the socks on at the transition. Um, another neighbor of mine across the street, she met up with me, which was super cool. And she ran the first four miles with me. But in the, in right now it's pitch. I mean, right now it's, it's dark and it's getting close to dinner time, and now the the traffic's actually lightning is is lighting up, uh, lightning up in in in, in the road. So I, I felt safe as far as going back out there, but then I knew that you know I was going to be out there for a while because I'm still now at a complete walk. I'm actually dragging my leg by this point, and knowing that I've got 40 miles, I have two laps to do this. And another cool surprise at that mile 60 check in, Troy Hiddle one of the guys that we used to go to school with. So he had actually come out, um, saw through social media that I was out and wanted to support me. And he actually wanted to be my side car that night. Cause even though I felt safe, yeah, going he hit out, me up right before I left. Actually, he's like, Hey, are you going to be there much longer? And I was like, actually, I'm about to leave, but here message Adria, and you guys link up. So it was neat to, to see him because he was going to just put his flashers on and just follow me for that, for that loop. And, 
that when I saw him, that was great because he met me actually at the end of the road. So I'm about maybe about 400 meters from my house and he walked with me back to my house and I got to my house and another surprise that my parents actually had surprised me by driving up and they were actually going to do the same thing. So my parents tagged him out and then they actually on the way back to do the fourth lap from mile 60 to 80, they met me about mile 67 because that was about the time that my neighbor, that she actually fell off. So mile 67 is when my parents had actually come up behind me and they were just flashers on and just going two miles per hour behind me and maybe about 14 or 15 cops in, in an hour span had come up behind them. I, I was, it was pitch black out there. So, and this was also the first weekend in, uh, in this area that they allowed the bars to be open till 2 a.m. So that was the other thing. So I knew that the cops would be out and they saw obviously a car going one mile per hour with flashers and they couldn't see me, but every time they would come by, that's when those cops would be like, you know, hell yeah, keep going. So mile 67, mile 68. That's when, that's when shit started to get pretty real. Um, my legs. That's when it started getting real. Well, yeah, that's, that, that's when, that's when the body started to say, it's it's definitely enough. And I I kept telling the mind, like, that's not going to happen, but the body would, would actually just every, for every step, for every one step that I'd make, it was two, two hobbles. It was two hobbles that I would make, uh, meaning like my knees would kind of like buckle up a little bit. So I remember just, just trying to get to the next mile and in my mind, just thinking that I'm going to be counting every mile until it gets to a hundred. Um, fast forward and it's now three o'clock, three o'clock. And I'll say gray at three o'clock. I am three o'clock AM. Yes. It's 3 AM. So we're 20, three, almost, 20 uh, almost 23 hours, 22 and a half hours in. Yep. Yep, in three o'clock. Three o'clock, I remember just stopping and just, just like rubbing my legs, just because I'm in so much pain, and just started talking to myself. You know, why are you doing this? <laughs> you can stop right now and it'll be fine. And I thought about at three o'clock in the morning. I thought about all those messages. So the tracker that I had that a lot of people could actually yeah. follow me on the Race Joy app. The Race Joy app. So yeah. it also had this feature that people could send messages. Um, and, and then the, the race joy app would actually read the messages aloud or songs or songs. Such as <laughs> I <of> the tiger. <laughs> James Cole <laughs> and yourself had me. So James Cole's another runner. Uh, That's that, it. Uh, just the two of us. Well, you know, t- there's a lot of people, but I no, just remember just the two of us sent. I of the tiger. No, you sent I of the tiger. He sent some funny songs that, that I'll have to play you at another time. I mean, it was just, it, it was, <laughs> very it was like disappointed in my form in our former teammates. It was, it was, it was shit to just, I know they wanted to make me laugh and bring a smile to my face and they were very successful in doing so. It, it was just some crazy shit songs that like, you're like, are you effing kidding me? This is like the most like non-motivational song thong song or something like that. <laughs> it, it was like, uh, you know, like with, I guess I can compare it to the girls listen to this song is called, um, coconut, butt, and yeah, 
just it just Google Coconut Bud, and it's a, it's actually a kid's song, believe it or not. But it just reminds me of because of just the the beat to it. But anyways, three o'clock <laughs> in the morning. I'm freaking trying to get serious here. What what you know sorry, what happened? Right? You're, you're getting me off. So. I'm Anyways. not getting you off, so excuse <laughs> you. It's going to take a lot more than one glass of wine. <laughs> so three o'clock, you know, I just was telling myself, like, why am I doing this? You know, just stop. But I thought about all of those people that had messaged me on this on this uh, Race Joy app. And, and a lot of those messages were people that I had never actually even heard of before. But they saw the information on social media and they donated to the Fuck Cancer Foundation. And they were telling me that that they were grateful and appreciative of what I was doing because of the awareness. Because they they themselves just found out that they had cancer, and there was a couple that they just found out not only did themselves but family members, and they hadn't told anybody yet. And it was it, I, it, that's what told me at three o'clock in the morning to keep going, keep going. Like here I am. Yes, my, my leg is about now the size of like an elephant leg. I mean, from the, the ankle up and blisters. I mean, again, my toenails are about to fall off here soon. Um, and, I, and I kept going, man. And I kept going. And at mile 76, lights out. So I hit the concrete uh, for a few seconds, got back up because I knew, I, I felt like I knew what I needed to do. That point, my uh, it was just my dad in the car. He had, he had gone back home, dropped my mother off because it was, obviously very late yeah that point because where i was at in in downtown Cary, he couldn't be right behind me so he had to be on the far right of the road and in order for him to get close to me he had to do a u-turn and just come back facing me and by going away and turning and making a u-turn he got pretty much out of sight and the moment he was completely out of sight and it's just me nobody else boom is when i hit and knowing that, it's just like almost my body knew that. It's like, okay, you hit, yeah. get up. It's almost like survival mode. Like, you yeah. got to get up. And got up, put myself up on like an electrical box, sat on it, and uh, just text him, text Adria. I'm done. I'm done. Come get me. And then got me and pulled me, pulled me into the car. And it's, obviously the whole body seized up just like instantly and Oof. got got home and um, – yeah, I'm, I'm shaking uncontrollably. I'm trying to take down fluids. They're putting ice packs on me. They check my temperature. I'm like at 102 degrees. And they're like, do we need to call the ambulance? And I'm like, no, I got this. But here I am just not doing well at all. And um, yeah, and, and my race was done. My race was done at 76 miles. And I'm proud of the 76. You didn't, should be. Didn't get, Dude, that's you know, a long way. Yeah, it didn't that's get to 100, but way. it definitely pushed me to... The most pain, the most, um, you know, uh, the furthest and deepest place that it, it definitely I've ever been mentally. And, you know, I thank your support, bud. Yeah, I, I thank for everybody, you know, thankful for everybody that cheered me along the way. You know, I saw the messages and I see it on the two dads run podcast, the messages that we got for there. So all that was very helpful. And, um, you know, um, just as far as like lead up to today. So next day, so I actually, I had to stay up a little bit just to make sure that I went die <laughs> my sleep. So I stayed up for a while and got up. Uh, well, Adrian was checking on my pulse and we actually had an IV nurse come in. IV nurse came in the next, so this was Sunday afternoon. So I don't even say next morning, it's still the same day. So I came in that afternoon, got IV drip in my bedroom and told my work team 
because I do have a full-time job working in the corporate world. And I told my work team on Friday I was going to do this. And I said, Monday morning, I'm still going to show up. Showed up Monday morning. Uh, did it uh, Monday for lunch, though. <laughs> I was like, I probably, I definitely need to go to the orthopedic. Got checked up by the orthopedic and did uh, x-ray, ultrasound. Ultrasound showed a bunch of not good stuff behind my leg and uh, put me in a boot, put me in a boot for two weeks. Just actually was able to take it off this week. Still sore, but can't run for the next six to eight weeks. So it'll be about eight weeks before your boy can start running with you and start training again. Guess I have to find new friends. You can do that. <laughs> you can do that because, yeah, I'm not going to be much. I've of already help replaced for anything. you. It's fine. So, <laughs> but that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. So appreciate you, man. Yeah. Well, for anyone who's still around. Um, after that epic saga of your race, mine's not nearly as impressive um, or as entertaining. But well, uh, <laughs> no, it, it is. And give yourself credit because I loved as far as how you got to the starting line and really how it all came about over the last several years. Because your story is pretty badass. And we talked to Thomas Newberger, and that's probably been one of the biggest feedback that we got from that show. Or from a lot of guys that started later or had that break. I mean, only with Thomas, but then Kier D'Amato as yep. well. So you have a pretty cool story. So how about you talk about the time, it, you know, the length of time it took you to get back into running and talk about you know, your training into your, your half marathon because everyone, Greg killed it. So don't <laughs> let this guy fool you. Like when this guy, when I'm telling you, killed it, he did finish on a podium. So tell us had about- there been one. <laughs> yeah so but tell us about it man you know as we've mentioned before in the in in the podcast kevin and i were teammates in high school uh we were both pretty good runners i mean we were top two or three on our team um back then and we were pretty you know our team was pretty good and, you know we won you know coach autry ended up winning 21 consecutive uh conference titles a couple state titles i think it was nationally ranked at one point but you know it, it was a sport that I really loved and I was really passionate about. I was one of those kids that played everything growing up, you know, whatever sport it was, that's what I played, you know, whatever season it was, that's what I played. Uh, but you know, coach Autry would stand out in front of my locker every day and just say, you, you were built to run and, you know, eventually won me over and, you know, started, started running and fell in love with the sport. But then I think I took it too far, which I have a tendency to do. Sometimes and it just became, it, I I was so engrossed. It was everything that I did. I ate, slept, you know, everything I did revolved around running, um, and, and cross country and track. So I I think I maybe had taken it a little too far, and so I ended up walking away from the sport after cross country season of my senior year. Didn't even run track my senior year, which uh, is something that I definitely regret. That's a shame because we made it to the state championship. Right, exactly. My yeah. Senior year. yeah, so, you know, Kevin's senior year of track, we made it to the state championship. Um, we had, you know, we ended up going for cross country my senior year, which is the first time that any team from our county had been in like 15 years or something like that. But, you know, after that, I walked away from the sport and I walked away for 20 years. Um, didn't really do much from an athletic standpoint for most of that. I was a bartender for a long time and I spent a, a good solid decade hung over most of the time <laughs> or, uh, or, or creating hangovers for other people. But, you know, I did fall into when, uh, Kristen was pregnant with our first child, Charlotte, 
she talked me into joining a gym with her and I did. And, you know, I became obsessed with that. And so next thing I knew I was a very mediocre, uh, power lifter for a couple of years, but I started feeling this, this kind of cosmic pull, so to speak, uh, back to the sport of running. I had been thinking about it, you know, we're full blown pandemics or gyms are closed I had and really this kind is, of, this is only, when was this? A so this years was, ago, I, right? I started, I started back running in August of 2020. Okay. So, the so very, what, 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 what was that cosmic pull? Did you watch something? Did you read something? Did you see something that? I don't really know. I mean, it had gotten to a point where, you know, I had hired a coach for powerlifting and Dylan was awesome. I mean, he is an amazing powerlifting coach. But for me, it kind of took it from something that was fun and a hobby to something that felt more like a job. And, you know, it's fun when you're first, you know, getting out, starting to lifting and those numbers are just going up like crazy. You know, every, it seems like every time you walk in the gym, you're putting up bigger numbers and bigger numbers and bigger numbers. And then all of a sudden, you know, those numbers, you're, you're working twice as hard for these small incremental gains. And I mean, most sports are like that. Running's going to be like that at some point. You know, I'm still kind of new back into running, but you know, it had just it had become more of a of a job than a, than a fun hobby and a challenge. So I was kind of on my way out of that sport, and I just I don't know. There wasn't anything in particular that was really kind of drawing me back. But I was just thinking, you know, gyms are closed. There's really not a lot going on in the world because everything shut down because of COVID. I was just like, man, I, I wonder what it would be like to go back out and, and get running again. So randomly, one day I'm walking my dog and the final three quarters of a mile, we ran. She's dragging me down the street for the first quarter mile and then she ran out of gas. <laughs> she's she's built more for comfort than speed. <laughs> but, um, you That's know. That's where you probably at that. Yeah, oh, no, because you're coming well, off for, Pretty much, yeah. but... Um, you know, we, I didn't do any cardio, brother. That was, you know, anything over five reps for, for a powerlifter is considered cardio. But, you know, it was that, that quarter mile run or turned into, you know, a mile. And within a couple of days, I was like, okay, we'll go out, you know, two miles and three miles, four miles. So I did four miles at, I think, nine minutes a mile. And I was like, man, it's not bad for an old guy. <laughs> Whereas, you know, 20 years previous, we could have, we could have done that backwards, you know, and, and still been like, man, that was pretty slow. So, you know, I started running again, um, you know, fast forward to the race. And that was my first, obviously my first race in 20 years, definitely my first half marathon. I had been, when I got back into running, I just fell right back into love with it and wanted to, I, I don't do things kind of halfway with my hobbies. It's, you know, I went from, never having had a fish in my life. And now I've got 370 gallons worth of tanks in my garage. We go from, you know, talking about, you know, life and stuff when we're running together to now we have a podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. So naturally you get back into running. We're a, we're a deadly combination. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's either we're all in or we're not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We don't do anything half-assed. So, you know, when I got back to running, it was like, okay, I want to run a marathon. Never done it before. Seems like a pretty difficult thing to do. We're going to do that now. Uh, so kind of started training for that. Um, kind of kind of started. You know, that's not really a combination that goes with marathoning, I wouldn't assume. But, um, you know, it was kind of one injury after another. 
you guys heard Dr. Lee Welch on our podcast for the first episode or second episode. And, um, you know, I was in his office quite a bit cause I was just picking up all of these injuries. Um, but anyway, it led to, it led to the race, my first race in 20 years. And I ran the Kerry Greenway tour half marathon. Um, it was a course that I run all the time. How was the turnout for that? Cause I mean, it's in a beautiful spot in, in North Carolina in general. Yeah, no, it was pretty good. It's one of the um, first few races that kind of opened up. Right? I mean, it was really pretty small, actually. I mean, I think the half marathon only had about 160 participants total. I uh, know there was 88 guys that I remember. Um, it was, you know, it was an in-person event, which there aren't many of those going on right now. And it was really pretty well done, to be honest with you. Uh, they, you know, it was a staggered, it was a wave start. They would let two of us start at a time. They had us in different waves. And, I mean, the course was great. Um, like I said, it's something I run all the time. It's literally right outside of my door. You know, I'd, I'd leave my front door, I'd take a right, and I can hop on the greenway and run for as long as I want. Home field advantage. Yeah, there. absolutely. And there definitely was some of that. So, you know, we get started, like you had mentioned, it was hot that day. It was not really something. I was actually woken up that morning by thunderstorms. So that was a little concerning. But um, Oh, it was? Well, yeah. Oh, was I mean, it? <laughs> yeah, was it was. I'm not, I remember those yeah, thunderstorms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You ran through them, but yeah. I'm not so much down for that. But yeah, I mean, so it was a little concerning as to whether or not the event was actually going to go off, whether it was going to go off on time, how that was going to affect my race plan in terms of my morning and things like that. So it ends up not really being much of an issue. It passed pretty quickly. Get to the race. I actually ran to the race. The starting line was exactly one mile from my front door. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so it was pretty neat. I just I just ran there, and uh, that was served as my warm-up. I was going to ask. Yeah. So did you do the stretch at home and then kind of made that? Yeah, no. So I, I did a, a light jog there and picked up my bib, you know, checked in, got my bib, Got my. How were you feeling by that point? Because when was the last time you put on a bit? Oh, dude, I was, I was what? really, I was really excited. I was super anxious. I was nervous. Um, I wasn't sure. Like I, I had felt good. I wasn't sure if I had trained hard enough for it. I mean, I really hadn't logged the necessary miles to really, you know, blow one out of the water. But I had a list of goals that I would have been happy with. I had the first time I had ever run the half marathon distance was three weeks prior. Uh, just on a training run. And I was pretty happy with that time. It ended up being a much harder effort than I wanted it to be. Uh, it was my second, or my first run in the Vaporfly, uh, next percent. So it ended up being pretty quick. Um, so I, I knew it was there. I just was hoping I hadn't, you know, shot my best shot three weeks too early. Mm-hmm. But I had done it on no rest, only four hours of sleep the night before. So I, I felt like under better conditions, I could have done much better. So anyway, we get to the race. So was up, it, why, why four hours though? I don't know. It was just one of those random nights I couldn't sleep. I think I drank too much wine. So you came and hung out with me for a little bit. You hung out at the house. Oh, no, no, no. This was, this was three weeks oh, prior okay, to the okay, race. Okay, this is okay, not okay, the night of the race. You're talking about night the of the race, 13. I slept great. Shockingly enough, I went right to sleep. No problem. What'd you eat the night before the race? Uh, pasta. Okay. Yeah. What just, kind of pasta? I don't know. I don't remember. Penne, probably. You don't have like a normal go-to? Like no. A, my normal like go-to a, is is cheese pizza and a bottle of red wine. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's my normal yeah. Friday night before a Saturday long run. But 
yeah, so I mean, we pick up the bib, feeling pretty good, and uh, get my little tracker, which was not a thing last time I raced. You, oh, welcome, welcome to the new, yeah, technology. right? Yeah, you, 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 <laughs> but that's you, a lot of people. Yeah, you zip tie yeah. the thing onto your shoelaces, and I thought that was pretty neat. You can go over the timing pad because we're all starting differently. You know, we're all starting at different times, which was a different element. Um, I'm definitely one of those people that feeds off of others. Um, so a lot of times I won't push myself as hard as I probably could. You know, I'll just feed off of like, I'll be like, I want to pass that guy, you know, or I want to, you know, I want to beat that guy. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really have that benefit. Um, there was obviously people in front of me that started before me, but it just, it, it wasn't really the same kind of thing. They weren't really the same level of runner for the most part. Um, and a lot of them I was passing pretty quickly. So anyway, so we start running. Um, my plan was to go, you know, my my baseline goal was to run a sub 135, hour and 35 minutes. So the plan was to go out at like a 7.15 per mile pace and run that for the first half of the race. And then from there, you know, the second half, just do a pretty big negative split if it was there. So I get to the first mile marker. My girls, you know, my wife, Kristen, Charlotte, and Sophie are there at the one mile mark, which again was right by my house and they're cheering for me. And, you know, oh, how cool was that yeah, for was, you? I was so stoked. My kids were super excited to see me. I mean, we have it on video. Sophie's jumping right, up yeah. and down. She's so excited. But, um, you know, my, I have my, I have my AirPods in and it goes off in my ear, you know, mile one, uh, split time, six twenty four, and I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> I was like, "Well, there goes my race plan," <laughs> you know. But I'm, you know, I'm, I, so when it when that happened, I kind of did a quick systems check. Okay, I'm feeling good. You know, legs feel good. Check engine lights. Not yeah, on. no, everything's everything's clicking. It's a little warm, but you know, I'm I'm, I'm okay. But there's a long way to run, right? Twelve more of those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I did dial it back a little bit. So, but even at mile two, it's like split pace, 648, you know, mile three. By mile three, though, I had really kind of settled in. So I was, I was feeling good. Um, and it was just, you know, it was kind of one of those deals where you kind of just get in the zone and it, you're just like a metronome. You're just going. And, uh, were there any hills, any challenging parts? No. Of the so course? the first, the first part, it's, it's kind of a, I think the course ends up being net downhill, but there's, if you look at the, it, it's an out and back. And if you look at it, I mean, it's just a W the whole time. So you, you know, you start the, the just race starts. Well, yeah. And I, I wouldn't call them rolling, but you know, it's, you, you, you definitely have some decent inclines. You have some decent downhills and the race basically starts uphill. The first, oh, wow. you know, the first quarter of it is. So you did your first mile at a pretty badass pace going uphill. Yeah, I mean it's gradual and it's Sweet. it's not a steep incline or anything, but you know you you're gradually gaining elevation until probably right around the three or four mile mark. At which point you start to go down, and then right at kind of there at the, you know, you you go down for a mile or two, and then you go right back up. So if you look at the elevation map, it does kind of look like rolling hills, but it's it's fairly gradual. But uh, yeah, so got to mile three, and by that point, I'm just I'm clicking, 
and clicking right along, starting to get a little warm about five or six. Get to the turnaround point. At that point, I'm just I, like, it's hot as hell. Grab the water that they have. I had skipped the water at the turnaround point for the 5K and the turnaround point for the 10K. So I had three miles of nothing, just no water stations at all. I had brought some, but I was blowing through it a little quicker than I wanted to. So I was getting kind of nervous. So I actually stopped going to it at all. So get to the turnaround point, grab the bottle of water, take one quick, you know, chug off of it, and then just basically dump the rest of it on my head, which was kind of a mistake because I did have hair product in my hair. <laughs> um, so it, for those of you that know me, that's not a surprise. But for those of you that don't, I am very particular about my hair. And, and even on race day, I got to have it looking nice. So, um, and, and by this point <laughs> now, for people that are listening, they're okay, this guy. So it's been that long since he's raced because he has n- he does not know about the chip that you actually have to tie onto your shoe. But then the other piece, I was going to say anything, but then the other piece, you're wearing some ear pods Mm -hmm. and it's, I'll tell you, that's a big no, no in my book. And then an hour and a half is a long time to spend in my head, And then you're wearing hair product. Yep. It's like the fashion model gray running the first 13.1 miles. Some things never change, bro. (laughs) Um. So I, but I, you know, it's funny you say that because. I, and, and I'll do that sometimes. Like I, I won't take a shower. Like if my race is on a Saturday morning and I go to bed Friday night from a work day. Yeah. I forgot. I have the stuff in my, my hair and I'm like, ah, and it burns your eyes. No, I purposely so I can did relate. it on a Sunday but, but morning. You, yeah. Yeah. You are <laughs> definitely go for glamour yeah. shot race day. Yeah. Hey man, you gotta, you know, you gotta look I'm good. In those, you gotta I'm look good in those race photos, man. <laughs> and hopefully they catch you early. Uh, which they did for this one, right, right, <laughs> okay, right around about a mile and a half. They oh, yeah, got God. the race photographer. But yep. anyway, um, yeah, so the turnaround, and actually you, you mentioned my AirPods. When I dumped the water on my head on top of, you know, the product running down my face now, so I'm all, you know, my hands are all sticky. I'm all sticky uh, from the hair product. And so now I've got my AirPods not working because the water got in there. So, yeah, for the second half of the race, I had nothing, um, which was interesting because I don't, I never run without them. I mean, that's like my number one thing I have with Literally me at almost the all the time. Race, your, yeah, your, your so, tunes are done. Yeah. So, anyway, so second half was a little hot. Um, and then around mile 10, I just slammed into a wall. And it was, it was at that point, which you, you know, it was basically the equivalent of your mile 60. <laughs> where you got to, you know, that's when the race starts and that's when it started for me. And it was, you know, it was a lot of talking to myself, calling myself names. Um, and just, you know, you got, you got 5k to go. You've run a million of these before in your life. This, you know, this is no big deal. And so then I actually, that's when you, you were mentioning your text messages and everything, um, that you were getting and how you know aptly timed they were. So Liz, the girl who does our intro, you know, you are now listening to the Two Dads Run oh, yeah. podcast. Sweet voice. Yeah, awesome radio voice. She's amazing. She's an amazing person. She's also a runner, by the way. Um, but anyway, I got a text from her. It was like, go, Gray, you got this. And it was a perfect time because I was I was fading pretty hard. Um, so I get that around, uh, I guess, 10 or 11. And then I saw my girls again right at, you know, the, the start of, the last mile. That's cool. So you're in that, you're hitting that home stretch, saw them. And 
that was everything that I needed to to get to the line. And I mean, I got to it pretty hard. Uh, I was I was really happy with what was left in the tank there at the end. And I crossed the finish line, looked down at my uh, I we were also using the Race Joy app for our race, and I uh, looked down at it and it said one hour, 29 minutes and 18 seconds. Hell yeah. I was super stoked because to my, my big scary goal that I wasn't sure. I thought it was possibly there if I had a great day. Um, you know, but I also thought it was probably a little ambitious was to run a sub sub 90. So got there. So that's a, uh, six forty nine a mile pace. Over over thirteen point one. So yeah, man, I was I was really excited with it. I was really happy. Um, you know, felt good. Finished third overall. <laughs> it was uh, it was far from an elite field, but uh, I was really proud of the old dudes, man. The guy that won was fifty two. Every single person in the top five was at least thirty five years old or, or older. Yeah. So yeah, man, it was it was awesome to see the old dudes represent a little bit and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was cool. It was good to be back out there. And now we, you know, log some miles over summer. And I think my next race that I'm planning on doing, I'm, I'll probably do some shorter distances. But um, goal set on the Outer Banks Marathon in November. And we'll see. Beautiful place to be. Yeah, but man, we'll see what happens. Congratulations Thank on you, your podium spot and Appreciate being it. out of the sport for so, you know, for yeah. such a long period of time. and. No, it's an amazing story. I've heard it already a few times, but it's great to hear it again because, I mean, that's what it's about. It's just going out and, and, and really all you're doing is, you know, let me just test myself. Let me, let me just try to be the best version of myself. And look what it did. It got you. You're able to crush some goals. Your family was out there to do so. And, and now you're looking out for another race. But one of the things, too, because – I think what's also neat is you and I have been able to challenge each other quite a bit since we've reconnected. I mean, we've known each other for over 20 years now. It was about this time last year when you and I just kind of started to run and kind of talk about some things and what what's you know what we've been able to do over the next year. But so what are some of the, you know, you, you talk about those scary goals, so those BHAGs, those big, hairy, audacious goals. So what are some of those I've things? I've never that heard that before. Yeah, you you know, just threw that out there. Like welcome to the corporate world. Normal, everyday speak. <laughs> I've got work mine BHAGs. still. Like BHAGs. What? what did you just say? So we're going to talk about Excuse your KPIs you? right now too, Greg. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to throw myself off a bridge. So, but, uh, you know, because I think it'd be cool to, to just put it out there. You know, put it out in the universe I, yeah. I know, but you know what? What is what does that next put me on the spot? Two year type goal look like for you? Yeah, like, what mean, are you going to be shooting for? You know, the the big scary one is um, is definitely to qualify for Boston. Um, but before that, I got to run one and finish one. There you um, go. Yeah, yeah. So run, run and finish a full. Um, really pound that mileage away, and you know, I'd never had never broken a hundred miles in a month before my half marathon. My, for the month of March, I hit 112 miles. I was at 99 miles towing this, <laughs> Are to, you serious? To, towing the start line for the race. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was at 99 miles towing the start line for the race. So obviously that's not going to get it done for a full. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's really the plan moving forward is to, you know, like I said, pound mileage, and in, in 2022, 
qualify for Boston. That would be pretty dope. Yeah. I'll be 40 by then. So my, the qualifying time goes up a little bit. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right, I mean, basically right now, I mean, with the way things are, I mean, you, you'd have to go sub three to qualify. Yeah. You know, to get, you could qualify, but that doesn't mean you're getting in. So I don't want to just qualify. I want to get in. So we, we both run, but I'm more so the, the multi-sport, the triathlon guy, and you're definitely the endurance runner. So what is the qualifying time right now for Boston? So for my age, um, I'm 38. For my age, the qual the the BQ for thirty eight year old male is three oh five, but because of not too shabby, yeah, I mean that's pretty that's pretty you decent. Pretty <laughs> much had to do what you did, yeah, basically two weeks ago twice, yeah, back to back, yeah. So, but that time moves depending on how many people qualify. So with, so you the, just got to be fast as hell, yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I I think for a thirty eight year old, I think it would really take. It's probably going to, I mean, you're probably going to have to go 10 minutes under the qualifying time to get in this year. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy. It doesn't get it, easier though, especially for the, I think for the males, yeah. as they get older, it just gets more competitive. I yeah. mean, in the triathlon world, the average age is 45 for males and those guys kick ass. Yeah. It's crazy. So, I mean, I think I was looking at it when I first got it back into it, the average marathon time. And the fastest average marathon time for men, the fastest age group was like 40 to 45. And then after that, it, it kind of started to go back down the other way. But the top of the curve was at 40 to 45. So just just wild. But yeah, man, it's cool. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Definitely a new challenge. Yeah, that's what powerlifting was all about. Kind of challenging myself to see what I could do. I was always the tall, skinny, lanky kid. And wanted to see how much weight I could move. And now we're on to a different challenge, just like you starting with, you know, running 5Ks and running collegiately and then doing triathlons and ultras. I mean, that's it's a pretty big departure from where we started running, you know, the four by eight. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. And, 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 you know, as we bring it full circle, but it's us being dads, I think for, for me, and I know for you, it's being role models for these little beautiful girls that we have. And that's, you know, what's kind of been fun with this show is we can talk about stuff like this and why do we do it? And this is another one of those things. Like, what can we do? You know? (laughs) Exactly. So it's been fun and looking forward to, to hearing and, and, and to be running soon, hopefully alongside you as you train for the Boston, um, and, you know, pushing each other to do good shit. So, cause you got a, you got a big B hag coming up. <laughs> oh, look at you. Yeah. You got a big hag coming me. up at the end of the year. Tell us about that. Yeah. I mean, we've, I've probably said it enough now, but, uh, so the Patagonian, so the Patagonian is in, uh, Chile. So it's in the Patagonia area in Chile. So just very South of Chile and you're very close to Antarctica at this point. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be talking more about that in the upcoming, um, uh, podcast shows that we have, but looking forward to, you know, this was, even though I had that on my mind, that, that, that was already planned as I was doing the ultra, but the big thing was get through the ultra. Uh, so now, right now for me, it's how many times can I say the word now, but now I'm focusing on because I can't do much of anything my nutrition to not allow that to get out of control and 
just my core strength to do all that I can without messing up my leg even more. Uh, but it's going to be hop serious. on a rower or something. I'm telling you, it's going. Well, it's going to be. I mean, it, it's going to be pretty serious here for the next six to seven months, and so excited. I just can't imagine what that race is going to do uh, for, for, for me. I, we're still planning. I, we're, we're still trying to plan out the logistics of it. I would love for the girls to come out there, but that'd be probably very difficult for at that time. They'll be eight yeah. and six. That's a, and that's it, a track, dude. It's a trek down yeah. there. It's a lot, but I would love for them to see dad do some crazy shit. Cause I don't think they'll ever forget that, but uh, we'll be sure Adrian will obviously come and record and we'll talk about it with them and we'll continue to lead by example for, for our girls, for our wives. And, and hopefully, you know, for, for you guys that are out there that's looking to, to just try something new. If it's just a one mile fun run to get out there with your kids on a 5k. Cause they, a lot of 5k's have that go do it, but be active, be healthy, have fun. And, you know, let's just continue to build an awesome community of just fitness, man. Yeah, and, you know, you never know. You might surprise yourself. Exactly. What you're, what you're capable of. So, well, man, you know, we'll put a, put a bow on this one. We've been going for an hour. So uh, for the for the two or three people that are probably still with us. That Give us it. some credit. Yeah, this is have, a little that, further along. Yeah, it's more than that now. That have, that have made it this far. But, um, you know, we thank you guys for listening. Um, look forward to bringing you some more shows. If you haven't done so already, please check us out on social media. We are at Two Dads Run Podcast on pretty much everything. Two Dads Run Podcast on Facebook, at Two Dads Run Podcast on Instagram and YouTube. If you want to reach out to us, please feel free. You can always hit us up on the DMs on Instagram as well as through email at Two Dads Run at gmail.com or gray at Two Dads Run.com or Kevin at Two Dads Run.com. And we'll talk to you next time. Talk to you later.